Welcome to our 16th episode of Breaking Bread with C on Relentless Pursuit. Last time I spoke about the heart of service and how God is the one that enables us to will and to do good, Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, and how we ought to be faithful ourselves. Today the Spirit ministered to me a very important point concerning ministry and faithfulness in little. In the book of Matthew chapter 25 verse 19 to 21, we read a story of a certain master and his servants whom he entrusted different amount of talents to and what each did with them. Verse 19 says, now, the, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, for a long time, we've been told about this passage concerning our finances, concerning when we start our careers and perhaps it's still small, you're still growing, you're a university graduate, or you're still in school and you have a job that you have to attend to and prove yourself continuously. And if you're trusted with little, you start with a very basic entry job, then eventually you will grow and I mean, climb up the ladder and you will be recognized and so on and so forth. But I want us to draw this passage into our spiritual lives, into the spiritual realm. What does it really mean to be trusted with little so that you can be given more? You see, God is not a waster of resources. We see a track record throughout scripture of where a certain man was reasoned by God to accomplish a certain task, but then they get in the middle of the journey and they do something that only reveals that actually their hearts have not yet been totally yielded to what God wants to accomplish, or they have not totally understood the kind of God that they are dealing with, that he is able to change your heart overnight, but he will not do that because it will defeat what we know about his character, which is gentleness, which is not to push us around, but to work gently through our, our spirits. If you read Ephesians 3.20 in the message version, it says, I can do abundantly, exceedingly above, but not by pushing you around, but by working gently in my spirit, in you through you and so god is gentle to fulfill exactly what he has to do and because you disobey or because you do something that you're not supposed to do it's not going to defeat his purpose neither is he going to change his word it's just a bummer on your side because you have to go through the process all over again because if you don't go through the process again it's defeating his word in terms of preparing you and making you fit so that he can present you to himself without spot or blemish. And so when you go through a certain um, training and then at the very last point or the 
pre-last point, you fail at something that maybe your trainer felt like you should know this as basics. You should know this from the get-go. I truly thought that this is something you can even foresee or foretell. And I'll give you an example. You see the story in the book of Kings where Elisha heals a man by the name of Naaman. And when he tells the man to go in the Jordan River and dip himself seven times so that his flesh could be restored, the man had leprosy. And the man returned with gifts for Elisha because in ancient culture, it was it was it was almost mandatory to bring a gift right especially to witch doctors especially to to people that worshiped other gods you bring a gift to appease them or to thank them else they would be angry with you and trouble would come over you but then elisha who is a mighty prophet of god and who understands that even this supernatural healing that has come over this man is not his doing but the doing of his god refused this gifts and Elisha had a servant called Gehazi and you know in these cultures the person who used to be a servant if you're not a man who's married and has um, a child that's gonna come second to what you have this servant was supposed to take up the mantle that you have when you transition and die and go to be with the Lord and so Gehazi goes back after the, 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 the soldier Naaman to take the gifts that Elisha had refused. That was Gehazi's first mistake in that he, he, he proved that he was not ready to take up the mantle of Elisha because he was not ready to discern that his master had not taken this gift for a reason. Even if he did not understand, he walked closely with Elisha so that he could know he was close enough to be able to know with time why he accepts certain things and not others he decides on this and not others he speaks this way and not this he sees this person and not this other and so god expects you to walk a journey so closely with him that you know the mind of christ that you are able to say my god cannot tolerate this my god cannot accept this my god cannot do such a thing my god would not be pleased in his very vessel containing and carrying him being exposed to such a thing and so i remember one time i was in church and i was from work and you know you are there from work you look good as someone who went to work on a monday morning and I remember being in church and I was seated on the front row and the Lord told me, remove your shoes. I said, excuse me, sir, <laughs> say that again. It was like, remove your shoes. And to me, I was like, I'm going to look mad. Like I'm in church. I'm seated at the front row. There are people left, right, center. And what do you mean remove your shoes? And it's like, remove your shoes. And the instruction became so heavy in my heart that I almost couldn't ignore it. In fact, I could not ignore it no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much worship was, like how loud worship was. It just could not leave me. And I wondered, what is the worst that could happen if I am just having uh, maybe that scripture 
where the Lord tells Moses, remove your shoes, this is holy ground. Maybe it's that scripture that's playing in my head. Why would he ask me this? But really, the instruction was there. Because if I see the track record of how God has spoken to me throughout my life or my ministry, that was no news. And so he asked me to remove my shoes. And I just yielded to that because I could not ignore it any longer. And I remember that day, that very day, just yielding to the simple instruction of removing my shoes the lord promoted me in my spirit and he began to give me even greater instructions because if he tests you on something as simple as removing your shoes and you miss it what could possibly make you think that he's going to ask you to ask someone to stand up from their wheelchair and walk how can you hear that if you ignore a simple instruction that does not cost you anything apart from the image you think you have built in society to remove your shoes before them and so sometimes especially in the spiritual realm being trusted with little and insinuating that you shall be given more can look like yielding to seemingly small instructions a great man of God in Rwanda once testified on how he entered the country he had come by bus from another nation that is a neighbor and the Lord told him in the middle of the bus station to kneel down and to raise his hands that the Lord can give him that nation. And he thought it was absurd for him to kneel down and to raise his hands that the Lord can give him that nation so that everything that he plans to do on the call that God had given him upon that nation will be effortless. And he refused because he thought it would look mad for him to kneel down at the bus station and raise his hands toward the king of kings. And as he was testifying, this is about over 30 years in ministry or 20 years, I believe, he said, there are some things that happened to me throughout my journey as a minister and I could neither cast out any demon nor go before God and tell him, oh, please keep this from me or take this from me or make it easier because I knew that it was my mistake when I refused to yield to that small instruction. And there are things that I knew are getting harder and harder and could have been easier if I had just yielded to that instruction so God could ask you something that looks seemingly stupid and and rightfully so the Bible says that the things of God are are foolishness to men and these men we're talking about are the people that are not born again that do not know the ways of the spirit and God asks you to do such a thing but you think of yourself so important that you think you cannot do it you think it is below you you think you cannot give into this instruction so that people may not think of you as a mad person in society and really what God really wants to do is to tune in your hearing your spiritual ears your spiritual eyes so that you can be able to see even beyond what the physical realm presents you and as a minister or as a believer i believe every believer should be able to minister in the respects they are placed in whether it's at work whether it's in a school whether it's a 
marketing, sales, artistry, anything that you're doing as a believer, I truly believe that you should be able to stand up for the faith that you have, to be so on fire that others around you catch the fire. But that's a conversation for another day. Being trusted with little so that God can give you more. If you yield to the instruction of today, then he's gonna know that, okay, When I talk to Celeste about removing her shoes, she listens to me. So tomorrow when I tell her about um, not passing through that road, but passing through this one because I want to bless someone by her passing in this road, she's going to hear that, you know. You, You want to be in a place where God thinks about using a man for a certain thing and he thinks of you because you are available, because you are willing and because you can hear him right and even in the example i gave earlier in the book of kings i think the fifth chapter from verse 1 through 20 perhaps and this man naaman was really angry that elisha did not come out to greet him as a mighty soldier that is known and told him to go and wash himself in the jordan river And yet there are other waters outside of the Jordan that are so far better, perhaps have a a, a much lovelier landscape to look at than the Jordan. But the story of a Jordan is one that the Israelites are very, very familiar with, even with God. And he tells him seven times, wash yourself seven times. Now in biblical numeracy, The number seven is really the foundation of God's word. We know that he rested on the seventh day. And we know that it is directly um, connected to creation. And we know that the number seven really means completeness in Jewish tradition. And so you realize that actually if people could be able to connect what God tells them and ask them to do in the moment or read scripture not passively but actively they would understand that no simple instruction of God can go to waste and because we say that God is not a waster of resources he's not going to keep bringing something before you that you will not do when there is another person who is willing to do it we've seen it with Saul and David We've seen it when um, Eli failed to discipline his his children and then God had to raise himself a man such as Samuel. We've seen it when uh, we have we have Noah. God had to raise himself a Noah. We have so many examples throughout scripture where a certain person refused to align themselves with what God wanted to do through them. And because God's purpose and God's word must be be fulfilled the bible says he watches over his word to fulfill it that's in the book of isaiah you will see that god wants to partner with us to bring something about he brought man he created man and said this is very good and this is my likeness let us create man in our likeness so he knew that he has given us the capacity to hear him to see how he sees to think how he thinks to perceive how he perceives and he would rather tell me or you to do something than taking an animal to do it because he knows that i have the mind that is capable to do that and it's even more 
dangerous for the New Testament believer not to be able to hear God because he lives through you. He lives in you. So he should be able to instruct you from the inside and you should be able to manifest it on the outside. And so friends, being trusted with little is not just about finances. Being trusted with little so that God can multiply it and you can be able to enter the joy of your master is to be so yielded that when God tells you to remove your shoes, the first thought that comes to your mind is what is next? What could this instruction possibly yield before you think about brother or sister so-and-so surrounding you in church and what they are going to think? It is high time that we begin to come in the presence of the Lord, especially in the house of the Lord at church, and leave our ranks and leave our positions in society at the door. Because you're coming before the King of Kings. You're coming before the person who promotes kings and demotes others. You're coming before the very person who can take you from one position to another in a way that makes no sense to the human mind and being unable to do so much as removing your shoes and by the way i'm not saying uh, next time you go to church now you have to remove your shoes to get a spiritual promotion no that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that these instructions vary depending on what god wants to accomplish through you or by you what he wants to do in your life or how he even wants to deal with your heart's posture toward him instructing you or guiding you that's what i'm saying and so it might look like removing shoes for me and tomorrow it looks like raising your hands or learning how to dance before the lord you know i've seen people who are unable to dance at church because of who they think they are and the image that they have to preserve and yet we have king david who danced before the lord in reckless abandoned to an extent where even his wife despised him his wife looked at him and said damn this guy is a king he should be able to watch himself and what he does before people and yet the bible says that david danced before the lord in reckless abandon and he was wearing the priestly outfit the kingly one and so you look at stories like that and you realize that even today our positions in society can hinder us from being so broken and so bendable before God that we come before him as though it is rendering him a service to come before him and that is wrong and so friends I want to encourage you and I want you to deeply ponder what is the little that God has entrusted you with and you are failing to be faithful with it so that he can multiply and enable you to enter the joy of the master. Think about it and don't just look at the big things. Look at even the small things. Are you faithful at home? Are you faithful to read scripture in the presence of your children and your wife that they may know the man you are outside of the house is really the man you are inside of the house? Are you a faithful wife who knows how to stay in her place and when to keep quiet and when to engage her husband or when not to bring about certain conversations because they were they, they're, they're going to bring um, conflict 
And maybe you have to wait and address his head, who is Christ, through prayer that he may change him from behind because he's the one who can access hearts. Are you faithful with the ministry you have been given? Are you so focused on expansion and growth and reaching different places and reaching every social platform that there is that you forget your time and intimate time with God where he seals instructions in your ears? Are you faithful with little? Are you faithful with the little amount that you get? Are you faithful to keep your word if you have said you will give to this cause and maybe something comes and you had not planned for it and you withdraw from the very thing you had given your word about and you withdraw from it because you have the luxury too and yet the Bible says let your yes be your yes or your no be your no that your word can mean a thing. Are you faithful with that little and trusting that God is actually your provider? And as you keep your word on this cause and you are able to stretch a little bit and give even to that emergency, that God will be will be faithful to multiply and to be your provider and to manifest in your life as Jehovah Jireh. I'll let you ponder on that, but even so, I'm going to pray for us that God can open our eyes and our hearts to see and to acknowledge the places where we need to be faithful with little, especially in ministry. Ministers, ministers, I beg of you, are you faithful with little? Are you so expansion-minded that you forget the little details that involve intimacy, that involve prayer, that involve fellowship with the saints, that involve a stretch on your own personal time or personal what with God so that you can be able to allow him to pour into you. Are you faithful? Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for the availability and the dispensation of wisdom. The Bible says that in the last days, knowledge will run to and fro. And Lord, we thank you that it's so available, that our hearts are yielded to the people that you have placed around us to instruct us, to teach us, to reframe how we view and see and understand things and how we interpret the wisdom of your will, Lord. I thank you for the spirit at work in the lives of each and every person at the sound of my voice, Lord, that you will expand them to understand how to be faithful with little, how to enter the joy of the master by simply being obedient and trusting of what God desires to accomplish, even when it does not make sense to the outer man. Are we faithful, Lord? Are we faithful before you? And if so, you promise to keep us from falling. You promise to enable us because our sufficiency is of Christ. You promise to never forsake us, Lord. Help us. Teach us how to love you so that our hearts can be solidly um, focused on pleasing you above all things because you're God and because you're good. I thank you that you're touching these lives and you're changing them through every word that you share through me, Lord. That those that are faithful to listen every now and then, to share with their friends, will learn something and not leave as they have come.
I thank you that you hear me when I pray. I thank you for the testimonies and the radical changes in their lives as ministers, as spouses, as parents, as friends, as siblings that they're going to experience. In the mighty name of Jesus, I've prayed and believed. Amen. I bless you. I know that God is keeping you well and I know that he will fulfill everything that he has spoken as you continuously yield to him and allow him to help your infirmities where you think you can do it. Again, what is impossible with man is totally possible with God. Just surrender, yield to him, allow him to deal with you. I'll see you soon and thank you for staying and listening and I hope this blesses you and I will hear from you soon. Bye. Bye.